Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! You're listening to Headliners, the show featuring the best and brightest of music from all over the world. Please welcome your host, Greg Howard Jr. Here to talk about his song, Two Steps, which is out now, and Everything is Nothing, which is out on May 19th. Please welcome artist, producer, writer, and founder of Crooked Teeth Camp, the one and only Eric Dash. Hello, sir. Hi, thank you for having me. What an what an intro. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for for being here. I so tell me tell me about uh two steps and everything is nothing. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh well, two steps um you know, story-wise, it's uh I I went on a a date with someone and I happened to like their friend. Um and I embellished the story a little bit because when you're writing, you kind of go into that mode of like, of like, oh, that'd be cool if this happened or that happened. And I got in my feels and I, I like to create feeling and emotion. And, and, and it's, it's easy to do that with me. I'm very uh, like an emotional person. Uh, <laughs> so I just got into headspace and wrote this whole song about, uh, yeah, it's like, it's about like me liking a friend and a friend liking me, but not being able to do it because they didn't see me first. And it's this like love triangle. And uh, to me, it's like, I always wanted two steps to sound like uh, Queens of the Stone Age, like this hard rock, hard hitting song. Um, but, you know, I have a lot of Counting Crows in me. I have a lot of like that kind of era in me. So it came out like this amalgamation of both. Um and that was really cool. I didn't, I didn't really expect that, but um, it was a lot of fun to cut in the studio. It's just a lot of kick snare, kick snare, but you know, I love that kind of sound. Um, and the drummer really delivered and everybody delivered. Um, so that was a lot of fun, uh, especially singing the vocal. Um, Cause we tried to make it perfect uh, and like really capture performance for that one. And then um everything is nothing coming out may 19th it's um a very different vibe <laughs> it's actually 
you know, way like when I was playing it, my roommate at the time was like, hey, that really sounds like I'm on fire. And I did not hear it. You know, I'd written it and I'm just like playing through it and figuring out the turns of it. And I didn't realize that. And I was like, oh, wow, it really is. I wasn't imagining the production like that, which I kind of like imagine the production while I'm writing these days. Um, so I just didn't think like I didn't think like that. Um, but, you know, so it has that Brucey kind of vibe, but also, you know, has I don't know how it came out to this, but it kind of feels like the police a little bit to me. And it just it's it's about, um, you know, I pursued my dreams uh with reckless abandon for so long in Los Angeles. And I'm from New Jersey. My family's out there and there's a family business and they all do their thing. And I went out here to do my thing. And, and I was like, ah, shit. Um, hopefully I can say, say that, uh, uh but no, yeah, I just came out here to do my thing. And it's, it's scary sometimes it's scary sometimes. And you, I, I wondered, I, I missed my family. I wondered like, was this worth it? Um, and I thought about them and I was singing to my dog at the time because I always, you know, tried out my songs on her. She happened to like them. I could actually tell when she didn't like a song, she would leave the room. <laughs> she would she would look look at me and turn away from me. But this one, she she always like stared at me. It was like a locked eyes. I actually have a video of one, so I'll probably like release that at some point. But um, yeah, it was like everything is nothing without you. And it's about, you know, it's about the prodigal son. It's about being a vagabond and it's about searching for something that you don't know if you're ever going to find. So I, I really am excited about that one. Um, and that's definitely uh, the dog, my, my dog, Lola, she passed away uh, in January. So that one's definitely for her. She actually is on the cover of it, which is hilarious. Uh, I didn't expect to use that cover, but when they sent that back to me or the, the artist that I go to sent that to me. And he's great. And he sent that over to me. I was like, oh, that has to be the cover. That's amazing. Um, but I'm excited for that. I'm really excited. And everybody really stepped up for that song as well. Um, so, yeah, that's the lowdown on both of those. <laughs> if I, if you could collaborate with any musician, living or dead, who would it be? There's a lot of them. Um, so I'm going to name a couple. But like John Mayer off the off the bat, anybody that watches my videos will see I do a ton of John Mayer covers. And it's just because I love how complicated he plays and sings at the same time. It's so much fun to perform those songs, like just the parts and singing it. And it takes a lot of like attention span for me to do that. And it's like a puzzle. So I really like playing them for that reason. Uh, but so John Mayer, but also like an older artist, you know, like. You know, I wish I could play with BB King best. You know, I wish I could play with Stevie Ray and and I don't know if Clapton's even playing anymore. You know, I haven't seen him touring or doing anything, but it'd be so cool to like sit down and play with those guys. And um honestly, like I love Laney Wilson and Hardy. I know they're in country, but I really and and Casey Musgraves and playing with these people. It's like the people that like are song people. Um and tell a story so anybody in that kind of realm i really gravitate towards describe your music using only one word needed <laughs> excellent choice nice <laughs> that's funny yeah i i mean 
I think that I think it's different. It's a very different style than what's being ha- what's happening right now. Like, it's like '90s and 2000s kind of music, but it's like it. Somehow we forgot about that, and I, I don't know how, but like everybody just said, it's fine. We have it from before, so we don't have to make it any again. And you know, I just kind of tried to make it in a way that sounds new, but it's just not being done. So I was like, it'd be really nice if that was done again. I, who is an artist that if they popped into the Zoom right now and said, Eric, you have got to come on tour with me. Who are you dropping everything for? John Mayer. He's the man. He's the, he's the dude. That guy is, is he's, he's been probably um, like my biggest teacher without ever knowing, knowing him, you know? Um, so it'd be interesting to tour with him and learn from him actually if you could change one thing about the music industry what would it be (laughs) that is heavy there are too many things i would change but i think the thing that most people don't realize or don't believe to be true uh that i believe wholeheartedly which would make the most change in terms of artistry and and output and and is uh the medium that we're listening so um if i could make these streaming platforms upload full resolution songs um and and actually sound like the quality of a cd or something that like really gave you the experience that the producers and the artists intended you to have uh that would actually in my opinion change what people do musically it would change budgets it would change the style which is most popular you know it's super super compressed right now so super super compressed music is thriving and the sound of a room has has is pretty much fully gone away so i think that's that's what i would do and i have no idea how it would really change music but i have a feeling that a lot of other genres will thrive on the charts what's a venue that you would give anything to play you know i can see someone saying like red rocks and i could see someone saying like madison square garden it'd be cool no they're they're you know they're great spots but i think that honestly i just like to play either like radio city or play something in philadelphia in my hometown like play like it used to be called the Tweeter Center, and now it's like Susquehanna Bank or something like that. I don't even know. Maybe it changed names again. But I remember seeing concerts there when I was growing up, and it'd be really cool to do that. What do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? Sometimes I'll write a verse and a chorus, and I'll just walk away from it. <laughs> and I don't get back to it for years. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a couple songs in this record that uh, that I finished but I had written the verse and the first chorus a while back. Um, and sometimes I hit a wall like bystander. The is the um, it's the title track of the record. It's, it's one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, but I actually wrote that intro a long time ago. Uh, and I couldn't figure out what to do with it. Cause every single time I, it's so like, you know, almost like Americana. It's a, it's a different kind of thing that you've heard, but, in that particular song it's it's like it goes from the slower thing and every time i moved it to the next section it just didn't feel right so in that particular song i actually it's the speed 
in the session, I jumped it up 10 BPM. So the whole band was like, had to somehow get there uh, and, and, and not make it sound too rushed, which isn't, it was interesting how we had to glue that together, but it's like, that's the only way that that would work. But I didn't know it was going to work like that until I stepped away from it. And I actually wrote the rest while I was on a run and I was just singing it. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's good that you step away, but sometimes it's like, it just gets out of hand. (laughs) Hello there. I, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing. My favorite subscription, only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber-generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognized journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors, and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up using colors and shapes describe your music every song is a different color and every song has a different shape to it but like i hear shapes or i see shapes with the type of like compression that's happening um and the type of eq that's happening so like i hear and i and i hear colors i guess based upon instrumentation like to me um everything is nothing is teal I can't really explain it, but like when I hear that song, I see teal and it's definitely ovular um, in terms of its shape, uh, like from from a from a vertical perspective to me. Um, But but, you know, every song kind of is 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 different, like two steps. Um, The master perspective is like it's like this there's like a balloon on top of it with the vocal and it, and it has this, like, it has like a darker energy two steps to me. It's like, it's like a charcoal black, you know, and, and the actual, it's like, but it's like, it's not like it's straight. It's like, it's almost like a, like a crystal, like, you know, how there's like different reflections. It's like glossy and, and it, uh, yeah, there's something about two steps. It's like, I guess, everything's kind of ovular in, in, for music for me, but it's kind of like, it just, it's different. Like it's two steps is more horizontal for me. Um, but yeah. So this uh, next question is kind of a choose your own adventure type thing. I, I've got three of the most cliche questions that all musicians get asked in interviews. And I will let you pick the one that you would like to answer. Uh, your choices are who are your influences 
what got you started in music or what is your creative process like? I think that I will do the what got me started in music because I kind of answered the influences part. And the creative process is way too long of an answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what got me started in music, honestly, this is going to sound, I mean, I loved music. I always loved music, like my dad playing uh, records in the car, like Cheryl Crow Tuesday Night Music Club and R.E.M. and Pearl Jam and like the Beatles. He loved the Beatles and all those records in the car, like CDs. And he would go in the back and he had like his CD player in the trunk. He had like to switch out. It's like there's like six CDs you could put in it. And I just remember sitting in the car and just being in awe. Um and he played guitar and he played piano and I was always in awe of him playing. And I played a little piano when I was young and I started writing when I was like eight. I was doing, um, I was writing parody songs like Weird Al Yankovic, but I was doing it of like in sync with my brother. So it was like a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until, you know, I was like 12 and I was really thinking about girls and uh, that I started playing at 12, 13, playing guitar and like, I gained a little weight at that time and I was like trying to find myself as like a, as like an artist or as like a, as like a person, an individual. And I, I was listening so much to Blink-182, like nonstop, Blink-182 posters everywhere. And I just wanted to be a punk rock kid. So I was in punk rock bands and that's really what started me. It's like the, the awe of punk rock and women and just edge. I really can't explain it more than that but those things all together just create this just wild fantasy for a 13 year old kid that happens to be walking around with high socks and a tie as a belt <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was a fun time in my life for sure a very confused time but fun <laughs> do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer an artist no question um i love entertaining um, when I am entertaining, but you know, uh, I definitely enjoy being secluded as well at times and just creating and like not being held to the standard of like posting on social media or doing those kinds of things. Cause you know, I kind of get into the mode of what I'm doing. So it's like, if I'm, I'm like on the few tours that I have done. Um, I was like very focused on touring, you know, that's where I put my headspace. If I'm in the studio, I am hundred percent in the studio. I, I don't have time for other things. I just like, I eat, sleep and breathe that kind of lifestyle and kind of neglect everything else, which I, which I'm trying not to do these days, <laughs> trying to have a life outside of those things and those passions, but yeah, totally artistry and living with integrity, which is a difficult thing to do in 2023. Integrity is not, the trait of uh success in this business <laughs> but 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 i'm trying to keep mine uh and maybe i'll throw a splash of whatever else people want me to do just just as long as i can have some of my integrity i'll be happy From the minds that brought you the smash hit podcast, Your Life the Mixtape and Headliners comes Your Life the Mixtape magazine, a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music, culture, and social commentary on current news and events. 
Visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today. What do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians? This one's an interesting question. There's a lot of misconceptions about musicians. <laughs> like that they're all just like, there's so many. I think that people that think about musicians, they don't think about them as having a job. And that one stuns me a little bit because I have a lot of jobs. <laughs> um, I, I don't necessarily always get paid what I want to get paid for those jobs. And it's kind of like, okay, well, th this is the going right here. And this is what my rate is. Okay. This project, we find some wiggle room, this project, we can't, you have to like, you have to really figure out what, what your boundaries are. Uh, especially as an, as an independent. And, I, and I'm sure you have to find out what your boundaries are as a major artist now, nowadays when like everything's TikTok. And honestly, you can be dethroned by a 13-year-old with an iPhone. Uh, <laughs> so it's a really difficult space to be in right now. But like, um, you know, it takes, it takes time to engineer. It takes time to learn how to uh, mic things correctly, not just based upon like what you learn in school, but aptly actually in an applicable setting it takes time to like mix a record it takes time to produce something and know what's going to work and i still don't know those things i mean like i'm trying to like i i hope that people think that i do when they hear this record but i still don't like i'm this is a forever process and i, I i'm learning that i used to think that i knew things and now all i know is that i don't <laughs> so it's an interesting like backwards unraveling um but yeah, I, I mean, like, there's just, there's too many jobs. It's the opposite of that conception. So I think that's interesting. Um, I think it's, I, I also think it's interesting when, um, you know, people have that thought and they, and I have a, like a lot of friends that are not in music and everybody's scared about music. And, and my mom will, talk to me about her friends being like you know i'm just my entire life i've been told hey what's the backup plan and i think i've had that conversation with so many musicians that people have that conversation about them and yet these these are the same people that are like on their now on their subscribing apps on apple and on spotify and they listen to music nonstop, you know and it's really this thing it's like What's your backup plan? But I'm going to, I'm really, I really am happy that the people, there's people that didn't have one so I can listen to them, but what's yours? <laughs> you know? And it's this, it's this really funny thing. It's like, it, it's a thing that's judged, but it's also th a thing that's needed, like deep to the roots of our society and as people like music, like it was tribal and we've always had sounds. So I think that it's it's an interesting place. I'm, I'm, you're standing on a seesaw at all times. <laughs> so that's what I think about that. Tell me about the moment in your career that you're most proud of. I think this moment right now um, where I am uh, emotionally, spiritually, logically, I feel pretty well-rounded because I feel, I feel grounded, you know, and that, that makes me feel well-rounded. And I, and I, and I'm really proud of, this album, no matter how it does, I'm really proud of it. Just like look at it and I say, wow, I, 
I can listen to this in 20 years, 30 years. And I'm going to say, that sounds great. Like it, it, I'm happy with it. You know, it might not be what this person might like. I don't really know. Maybe it is what they would like, but it's what I like. It's what I set out to do. I did it. I checked that box and I got a little bit crazy in the process of figuring out how to do it. But I did it. And when I say that, I mean, I, I did it for me. You know, I don't, we'll see, you know, you never know how these things will go. You know what I mean? So I'm just like proud that I made it through that process with all the obstacles that get in your way while you're trying to make it through that process. So I feel pretty happy about that. And yeah, took a, took a, a lot of interesting things over the past decade to get through in order to be sitting here right now and feel this way. If you could start your career over from the minute you decided to pursue music, would you do anything differently? I would do a hell of a lot differently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, like when you're a kid, you don't know what you're doing, you know? It's just like, you're just like, you don't even, you don't have no cares whatsoever. You Like, I was so concerned with video games at that time too. And I wish that I wasn't because... I would have taken all that time and put it into playing my guitar or put it into singing. I wouldn't have done like there was a one point where I did these supplements for working out because I was so into working out. And they were like these anabolic pills that are totally illegal now. And I was like 18 years old doing this because I was just like loved going to the gym. And I still love going to the gym. It's like an outlet for me mentally more than anything. But I did this and it warped my voice a little bit. And I didn't know that was going to happen. So it took me a while to get back. If I, I don't even know if I ever got fully back, but I'm, I'm happy with my voice. So it's okay. But like, like little things, it's just like stupid being an adolescent, just, just having fun and not thinking things. And I, you know, if I knew like we would go into such a DIY phase, I would have learned to produce a long time ago. I didn't touch a program until I was like 28, 29 years old you know, and, and I slaved over learning that. And uh, so it's, a, there's a lot of things I would have done differently, but they wouldn't have made me what I am now. Um, so I also say I would have been a better outcome. I don't know. So tell the folks uh, listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on your music. <laughs> um, well, I would listen to it on Apple if I were you, because it sounds way better than Spotify. But if you are a Spotify listener, you can go there and listen to my music as well. I have a bunch of different sounds on there. Like I just, this album coming out is very different than anything I've ever released. And it is absolutely my sound. So it's, you, you'll see this as a, as a clear um, vision of my artistry, but you'll hear a bunch of different things as I'm trying to, hack at the wood and, and and find myself for the past few years on my, on my pages. Um, but you can find me at Eric dash. There was another Eric dash at one point. He like sang children's songs, which is kind of hilarious. It's an older man. It's like, yeah. So I'm like, it's not that Eric dash. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, yeah, so you can find it there. And then I'm going to also be releasing. I'll just, I'll do, keep doing acoustic stuff on my Instagram and, and on my TikTok. I don't I, I don't do it enough, but I will be playing a bunch of the songs acoustically so you can hear me do that. And I plan on doing a, a live 
stream and live recording with the band and releasing a like a live version of everything. Um, so there's a lot, bunch coming out, so they can hear hear a bunch of it. And I am making vinyls for this, so if you happen to like the records and with like a vinyl once the album comes out there will be vinyl thank you for uh taking a little bit of time out of your day to talk to me about you and talk to me about your music i have i have enjoyed this very much yeah me too man i appreciate you having me this was great thanks for listening to headliners we'll be back next week with an all-new episode don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for more information about the show, visit us at www.yourlifethemicstate.com. Headliners is a Spring Break 83 production in association with Rodwarton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved. <laughs>